who among us doesn't enjoy a good mystery? And especially when solving it means that I get to bring out my competitive side, even if it's just me against the clock, I just can't wait to uncover all the secrets. So June's Journey is a game that is completely up my alley, and I think you'll love it too. In June's Journey, a hidden object mystery game, you play as June Parker, who's on a quest to solve her sister's murder and uncover her family's many secrets. Each chapter brings you deeper into the story, and it's set in the Roaring Twenties, so beyond uncovering clues, you get to experience the glitz and glamour of the time. June's Journey is definitely not a game I play mindlessly, which I love because I get genuinely invested and a lot of it is a race against time, so there's a little fun added pressure of trying to find the clues as quickly as you can in each scene. There are also tons of ways to customize the island that you're on, learn more about the characters, and then new chapters are added weekly, so you really can't run out of things to explore. So if you think you're up to solve this case, download June's Journey for free today on iOS or Android or play on PC through Facebook games. June needs your help, detective. Hey, it's Mae Whitman, and I play Frankie in the new Realm podcast, The Sisters. The Sisters is about a museum curator of medical oddities who investigates the origins of a mutated skeleton with two layers of bones. Soon, she uncovers an extraordinary mystery that connects her present with one family's tragic past in hauntingly dangerous ways. Listen to The Sisters wherever you get your podcasts. There's drinking. There's drugs. There's dancing. There's a lot of emotions that get more and more heightened throughout the night. And uh, then there's, you know, the crash and burn and the Uber ride yeah. home. <laughs> I'm diking out, you're diking out. Let's dike out together. See what it's all about. Diking out, diking out, diking out, diking out. Hi, and welcome to Diking Out, the unrequited queer crush of podcasts. I'm Carolyn Bergier, and Melody Kamali is in gay timeout today, so you're going to have to deal with me. We are diking out with the director of the new queer teen rom-com, Crush, which is streaming now on Hulu. Welcome, Sammy Cohen. Thank you so much. I am so stoked to be here. This is the best. This is so exciting. So when was the actual premiere for this? We had our premiere last night. Cool. And this is your debut feature. It is. It is. Yeah. And it is just a dream come true from beginning to end. Yeah. Is that everything you hoped it would be? I mean, it's more, you know, I think you have expectations going in, but the team, you know, surrounding this movie, Hulu included, it's just been an incredibly joyous, you know, experience full of laughter and a lot of love. Just one of the best groups of people that I I now know and get to know for the rest of my life. It's really been fun. And um, yeah, this is the kind of movie as a kid I desperately needed, wanted. And so part of that was, you know, the dream, right? It's just, I'm grateful to be a part of bringing it out into the world. Right. I mean, that was my thought when I watched it was, man, if this had come out when I was uh, in middle school or high school, uh, I think my brain would have exploded. Like I would have 
someone would have had it taken me out of school. Like, I don't know if I could have processed my excitement uh, around it <laughs> because, uh, yeah, I would have felt so seen, uh, which doesn't happen for us queers much. But um, before we get into the movie and all things uh, you and directing, I've got to ask you, maybe aside from the premiere or if there was something in the premiere, what was the gayest thing you did this week? Oh, I love this question. Besides the premiere, besides being here with you today on this <laughs> podcast, well, let's see. I'm drinking out of my brand new Yeti camping mug. That feels pretty gay. All right. And yes. I'll give you one more. I, um, I made a mixtape. Um, I like press these vinyls. So I made a mixtape of love songs and that's all I'm going to say about that, but wait on vinyl. Yep. I put together, uh, songs on a vinyl record and I extract lyrics and make a little love note out of it. It's real gay guys. It's real. Gay. Wait, can anybody do this? <laughs> I, I do think, and I, I maybe cut this part out. Maybe not leave it. I think it might be okay. illegal. <laughs> But oh, okay, okay, maybe sort of. Um, because you right. know, I'm just grabbing songs, but we've make we make mixtapes on cassette. Yeah. Why not do it on vinyl? But it is possible, and I will tell you how to do it if you want to know. I do want to know. Also, be gay, do crimes. Like that's okay. I think to make oh. a mixtape on vinyl. <laughs> exactly. I'm all for it. I love it. We need more of it. Wow, uh, that is so gay and so fun. I love that. Um, also the Yeti mug. <laughs> My wife bought one once, but um, because she's from Peru and she speaks like fluent English without an accent, just occasionally she'll mix up her Y's and her J's. And she's like, I'm getting a jetty. And I'm thinking, what? And she's like, you know, drink out of a jetty. And I'm like, is that like a knockoff Yeti? Is that? I'm like, <laughs> so confused. And now I will forever call it jetty. A jetty. Yeah. I do love <laughs> if you don't have one, the jetty mugs are legit. They're the best. Diking out, sponsored by Jetty. All right. Uh, <laughs> so uh, you did it. You you made a queer teen rom-com where the conflict was not being queer. Where do we go from here? I mean, it feels like, I think that's the exciting question. We can kind of go anywhere right? from here. Yeah. They're not going to be like, okay, you had your one movie where it's not a problem. Let's go back to the coming out stories. No, no, we're not going back into the closet. We're out. We're, no, we're way right. beyond this. So refreshing. I felt like someone threw a bucket of ice in my face. Uh, just... <laughs> I love it. Where is it supposed to take place? So technically, you know, we it takes place in Santa Cruz, so in Northern California. But, um, you know, the approach was also a little bit anywhere USA where we wanted right. it to feel not too specific. But technically, you'll notice little hints in the movie um, like the mystery spot, it takes place up in Santa Cruz. But where was it filmed? It was filmed in upstate New York. Okay. Yeah. That's what I thought because a friend of the podcast, comedian Jess Tom, is in the movie. Um, and I knew that they were filming upstate. But when I was watching, I was thinking, this is real California vibes. So you pulled it off. You fooled me. I was like, maybe it was another movie. <laughs> it's I, I'm glad we did fool you. I, I'm a California kid and um and yeah, just kind of talking about uh, you know, Angie and Paige and kind of the the context and the background of where these kids are growing up. Northern California made a lot of sense and um right. and that's skateboarding right of it all. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Skateboard is <laughs> the whole thing. It was a, a little coastal in that regard on on the West Coast. Um yeah, I grew up skateboarding and surfing and all that. So uh it felt like the perfect fit. And, uh, 
Jess Tom, they're amazing. He, I mean, yes. God, did we luck out with this cast? Yes. Oh, excellent cast. Uh, great acting all around. How did you get involved with the project? So I know that it was written by two queer writers. And then at what point did you join? Did you know them? Got to have a little love fest for the writers, Kirsten and Casey. Um, they are so talented and they're legends in the making. I mean, they really, really put this out into the world years before I was even involved and um, yeah, created something that just didn't exist yet. And it's really, really special. And I'm just grateful to them uh, throughout this whole thing. And they, yeah, they trusted me with the script. I think initially though, Animal uh, Pictures reached out to me with the script and I was working with them on something else. And they said, we think you'd really like this. I read it immediately. They're like, yeah, (laughs) you're you're, I don't know how you identify actually. Gay, queer. um, Yeah. Yeah. Either or. Yeah. I love a a gay or a queer. Um, I relate to to all of it. Um, But yeah, they did know I was uh, pretty gay. Um, You can't see me at home, but I, you know, you present. I I present pretty gay. Um, Always wearing my baseball hat, you know, just black jeans and t-shirts all the time. Um, (laughs) The, so yeah, Animal reached out and had the script. I read it. I laughed, I cried. And I, you know, repeating what I said earlier, I said, this is just the movie I, I truly needed as a kid. Um, It just really struck a chord and I had to be involved. So I caught them back and um, yeah, the rest was history. What were the movies when you were a kid that you went to in terms of like, like, what was the queerest thing that you're watching as a kid, whether it was like explicitly queer or not? You know, a lot of what I grew up loving and watching was not queer. And I was sort of projecting myself onto characters. A lot of the time, boys, I was a big tomboy. And so I would watch a lot of movies and feel more, (laughs) uh, I guess, would relate more to, uh, yeah, a lot of these um, masculine presenting characters. And, and so that was interesting for me. I think the gayest, what's funny is a lot of the movie, yeah, I don't know. There are a lot of straight movies. Um, like, like what were your favorites? Like, okay. So the reason I'm a director, I'll tell you, uh, when I wanted to become a director and a drummer was when I saw that thing you do. Uh, and I didn't love Guy Patterson. I wanted to be Guy Patterson and had a huge right. crush on, yeah. Um, Liv Tyler. And so I would watch that movie over and over and over. And that's what made me want to direct like Tom Hanks and be a drummer like Guy. Um, Do you drum? I do. I do. That was also probably another gay thing I did this week. Wow. All right. (laughs) Are you in a band? I used to be. Not anymore. Now just for fun. Yeah. Loved movies like My Girl, 10 Things I Hate About You, Um, a lot of, you know, Linklater and Hughes films, Heckerling movies, a lot of these coming of age movies that yeah unfortunately we're not queer um you know i'm gonna have to say that my girl is actually a queer movie if you rewatch it and pay attention there is a girl in the movie do you know what i'm talking about yeah but i want you to tell everyone (laughs) okay (laughs) i forget the character's name but there's like this girl in the movie who's like really mad that um she's hanging out with like macaulay culkin and is kind of like being a little bit mean to her but because she's clearly jealous and then like as soon as uh he dies uh she like comes over to the house like all sweet and everything because she sees her like window of opportunity to uh you know to be the next one exactly Um, (laughs) and uh, there, there are like some more nuanced thing. I've actually done a PowerPoint about this. Um, 
And I know it's a little bit more nuanced, but it's like, it's really great. When I watch it, I'm like, whoa, 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 what is this girl's deal? Oh, she has a huge crush on um, Veda, 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 right? Oh, she definitely yeah. does. And who's like a tomboy and a hundred percent. Yeah. And I'm going to yeah. say something. I think everyone's, I'm like, everyone's gay. Everyone's a little gay. Right. Problematic, right. maybe. Um, but yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. And I think, you know, the one movie that I watched over and over, Fried Green Tomatoes, A.G. Threadgood was oh, yes, yes. someone I had never seen who presented in a way that was very much like I did, very much a tomboy. That was something that was really special to me. Um, yes. And I'd watch over and over. And that was one of the first things I saw. Uh, yeah, that kind of stuck. Right. Yeah. That's a big one, I think, for a lot of people. And then everyone's always like, the book's even more gay, right? Yep. <laughs> Which I haven't read, but maybe I should. Uh, so so you want to be a drummer. Tom Hanks made you want to be a director. True story. What was the path to that? Like, were you making movies as a kid? Did you go to film school? I made movies as a kid. I have two younger sisters and I would on our VHS camcorder, I would make movies at home. I would cast them, uh, whether they wanted to or not. And we would, um, recreate movies like Charlie's angels and other things. Uh, so I, I started doing that. I did a lot of theater and directed theater and then went to film school at UC Santa Barbara, really small program. And, uh, yeah. And then headed back out to LA and just been doing this ever since. Awesome. So you have sisters in the movie. There is queer sibling representation. And I feel like that's something I'm finding more and more common is meeting people and having them be like, oh, like one or both of my siblings are also queer. It does seem to be gen like a genetic thing some of the time. Right. It's really, yeah. yeah, it's fascinating. It does. I've had a similar experience, not with with my sisters. Um, you want to put either of your sisters on blast right now? I mean, I, I kind of do, but they're possibly <laughs> straight. Uh, they, yeah, they're both in, Boo. I know, right. I'm just the, the little black sheep out here. Uh, the, the gay little black sheep. Um, but no, in my family, I am the one and everyone knew before Yeah, I even, you know, it was pretty clear. I've looked yeah. like this for a long time, but, uh, <laughs> Yeah, neither one of them. I have a ton of friends who, and it's on a similar note, like, you know, one or two or more of the siblings are queer. And it is, yeah, it seems to be a really real thing. Especially if they're twins. So even though these, um, the sisters in this movie are fraternal and not identical twins, I've still seen that where both are queer. Um, and I think like scientifically, maybe there's like increased odds there's a study i think good money has gone to that study uh <laughs> to figure that out i think uh no there is i know two sets of twins so i won't call out my name but yeah that are both queer and it does seem to Tegan be Tegan and sarah you can just say it you can just say it. Tegan and sarah. that is yeah uh i do yeah um <laughs> Tegan is a friend of mine yeah they're fantastic uh so i guess there's three because that wasn't okay even, so, yeah so there's two. it is a very yeah it's it's an interesting phenomenon and siblings too there's there's got to be something genetic about it right Right. My sister is also aggressively straight. So, um, <laughs> but I have gay cousins. So that I'm like, there okay, you go. Maybe something there. I love having gay cousins. Let's talk about 
in the movie, there's a party scene. Can you break down the anatomy of a teen party scene? We see it all the time. How do you go about doing it? There's drinking. There's drugs. There's dancing. There's a lot of emotions that get more and more heightened throughout the night. And uh, then there's, you know, the crash and burn and the Uber ride yeah. home. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I think, yeah, I think also just a party. I think it's it's really like a slice of life that, um, you know, I, I think teen movies in this movie, it's really about vulnerability too. So the party is a safe space to connect and explore and uh, yeah, step out of, outside of your comfort zone. So that inevitably, may, inevitably makes its way into the DNA of any party scene. Yeah. What's it like on set during those scenes? They're really fun. So uh, it's a lot of people. It's a lot of moving parts. There's music playing, especially that, you know, there's a scene where everyone ends up in this sort of party room and these beautiful blue and purple lights. And we did play music to get the vibe going. Um, it's really fun. It's, you know, it's, it's always a really fun time, but there's a lot of people and a lot of excitement and, um, yeah, party scenes are are some of the best and, you know, hardest from a technical vantage point, which I find delightful and also very fun. What are some of your favorite party scenes that you've seen in like teen movies over the years? I mean, Can't Hardly Wait is all a party and it's just, right. I mean, it's just class. It's, it, yeah, it's amazing. Um, yes. I think that one is one I constantly go back to. Um other good party scenes. I'm a huge Edgar Wright fan and I love, uh, I love the party scene in Scott Pilgrim because of how stylized it is. Oh, uh, right. Right. That's another really, yeah, more obscure, but really, really fun one. Yeah. Um, I also 10 things I hate about you. Like that's classic. Talk about like letting it all go dancing yeah. on the table. Like, yeah, another, another good one. Book smart for me is a, is a newer one. Oh yeah. That- yeah, love that. <laughs> that is one of, I mean, yeah, that movie is one of my favorites uh, of recent years. That it's an incredible party scene. Yeah. The whole movie is I mean, th- yeah, that's another one where it's like most of the movie is pretty much, uh, or like that's the the big part of it. Um, and that bathroom scene is just gold. It's the best. What's your take on that bathroom scene? Because th- this has been debated here where I walked away from that movie being like, well, that would never happen. And then uh, my co-host, who is not here, so, you know, I can call her out. Um, she did that. She put her finger in someone's butt, not realizing that uh, it was their butt. And I was like, wow, how could you make that mistake? And uh, some people are like, I, I think we did a poll, maybe like 25% was like, yes, it's happened to me. And 75% was like, no, how could you do that? I'm in a fall in the middle because I'm, it hasn't happened to me, but totally understand it. You, you've had a couple drinks. You, you're That's not, true. you haven't been there yet. Yeah. You could have a little slip of the, the it could happen. I haven't done it personally, <laughs> but I'm not going to knock it. It could happen. <laughs> uh, I mean, that was one where I'm like, what? I like I know that some queer people had to be in, involved who wrote the I'm like it either was somebody who definitely had this experience or somebody who was like I don't know it wouldn't be funny if she went in the wrong hole uh I'd like to think it was personal experience when I watched it I right. was like oh this ha-. my takeaway was like right this happened <laughs> yeah yeah imagine too if it was like it wasn't the personal experience of somebody 
um, involved with the movie, but it was a friend. And then that friend goes to see the movie and then like realizes that it, it's like their story playing out. Um, that's what I like to think anyway. I have. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I have similar, not exact, similar, different story. Well, you know, things happen. Things happen. And yeah. <laughs> uh, they probably make for great scenes in movies. Right, right. There are a lot of queer people involved in this movie, uh, which is evident when watching it. Why is that so uncommon? You know, I think for so long, the queer community has been upper, underrepresented on screen and off. And, right. um, and I think, you know, that's part of it. There's just a long history that we're now in my mind trying to course correct. And with this, it was really important for us in telling an authentically queer story to involve a lot of queer voices, which came in the form of, you know, our actors on screen, uh, our casting director, production designer, the writers, myself included. Um, yeah, it was just a, a really important piece of the puzzle. And, um, you know, a lot of queer folks who are really, really, really talented. And uh, yeah. Okay. This question might be a weird question. I'm just going to preface it, but what is your approach to directing a, uh, teen hookup scene um because if you make it too hot is it not a little creepy and i say this as somebody who watched like a lot of pretty little liars like where i'm watching i'm like mm, and i'm like wait a minute nope they're supposed to be in high school yep 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 uh that yeah. is <laughs> i think you know my job as a director i think in this case but in in all cases but with a, a teen hookup scene i want to create a safe space and really give the actor space to do their thing. So my directing is really empowering them and making them feel uh, safe and uh, secure to like explore. And again, I think like arrive at an authentic, you know, inevitably it'll, right. it'll get heated, but arrive to an authentic place without having too much of a heavy hand, because I think there is something very natural and beautiful to setting up the scene and letting it take shape organically. And I might be a little, you know, removed in a good way when I'm in the thick of it, uh, yeah. which is helpful when, yeah, I'm not watching right. as a viewer, I'm watching as a, a technical sort of director, which probably helps a little bit. Because <laughs> I, I I did catch myself, there there is a, a scene, I won't give away too much, where um, two characters are um, sharing a bed um, on a, like, away road trip, and... I'm watching. I'm like, are they going to fuck? Are they going to fuck? And I'm like, mm -hmm. wait a minute. Like they're in high school, even though the actors aren't. But I'm like, stop being such a creep, Carolyn. Uh See, I don't even think it's being a creep. I, in my okay. mind, it's like, we've Thank all you. been there. I, I was on a, you right. know, a basketball team in high school and we had those like weekends where we would go, uh, to play these tournaments. And like, I've been there. So I don't think of it as me now, I right, think it, right, I'm right. Like, it's the teenage part of your brain. Oh, yeah. I'm like, oh, yeah. I've been there. And little Sammy feels that intensely. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Thank you for making sense. Now I don't have to talk about it in therapy. Um, <laughs> tell me more about these basketball trips. Oh, man. I mean, I so in high school, I was um, captain of my basketball team. Um, Rick. It, it was it was my pride right. and joy basketball <laughs> drums directing um you see why everyone knew I was gay before <laughs> I had to say it out loud <laughs> what what's your sign I'm a Scorpio Scorpio okay let's get back to the basketball okay yep yep it does it's a little, little scary I'm on the cusp okay. I'm the first day okay. I got a little Libra in me 
All right. All right. Um, she's like, I gotta, I gotta get off this call now. No, I honestly, um, it's usually a question that Melody asks. Um, I only know like things about certain signs and Scorpio is like, isn't that like the sex one? I don't like, I don't know. That's <laughs> people. Uh, Scorpios are like, um, yeah, yeah, no, I don't have a problem with sex. You know, I'm a Scorpio. I'm like, okay. Like that's all I've gathered about Scorpios. I love it. We're there's hopefully a little more to us. We're, yeah, we're I would think we're passionate about all things. We're okay. Friendship, love, sex, all of it. Great, great. Okay, so we're back to basketball. You have you're the captain. Um, are, like are other women on the team giving off like vibes? What's going on? Yes, I will say in high school, my closest knit friend group. We were all in hetero relationships in high school. Since high school, more than half of us have come out. And wow. so, yeah, there, there was a lot of, um, I mean, truth be told the crushes I had were not even on teammates. They were on other girls at school, but, um, yeah, there was stuff going on. Yeah. Did you on. do that thing where you were trying to like, like maybe you weren't aware, but you're like, oh, we must sleep as far away, uh, from each other in this bed as possible, just because you had like a little bit of gay panic, even if you didn't know what was going on. Oh yeah, I mean, I'm I just project other... something very specific onto you, but I was like, have you've had you've been there? You've been yeah, there. of course, yeah. I'm like falling off the bed because I'm like, there, I cannot be close to this person. Right now. I yes, I mean, high school, college. There, there were because I came out later. Um, yeah, I have been in almost the exact same circumstance where it's like I need to physically move myself away. Right. Uh, it, it just sheer panic. Every hair on yeah. my body standing up, sweating. Just a lot of sweating and uncomfortable. Uh, yeah, couldn't get too close. It was exhilarating but terrifying. Yeah. Uh, I mean straight girls are are wild they'll just be like let's all like tickle each other's backs while we fall asleep and I'm like what no uh I'm allergic like <laughs> don't touch me uh yeah I I can't I mean I can't do it I it's right it is a very funny phenomenon um yeah let's cuddle let's be close yeah let's, yeah. <laughs> uh, let's massage each other's shoulders um yeah right and my face just <laughs> goes stark white Okay, who's ready for a true story? When I entered my MFA program this fall, I knew I was going to have so little time for cooking. So I wanted a solution that would let me have tasty, healthy meals in a flash so that after class, I could still have time and energy to be gay. So I signed up for Factor, which ships you ready to eat meals that are chef created and dietitian approved. They're fresh, never frozen, so all you have to do is stick them in the microwave for two minutes, and then they're nice and done. Um, the weekly menu has over 35 options. The salmon entrees are always my personal favorite, but they have um, a lot of things you can choose from, options for different dietary needs like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. They also have add-ons for when you don't need an entire meal. Um, I tried some good cookies and some jerky. Uh, no prep, no mess, and and when I looked into it financially, which was one of my main concerns, it was actually less expensive than uh, takeout and honestly really close to the cost of buying ingredients at the grocery store down my block in New York City. Uh, and then I saved a lot of time. So to me, it was definitely worth it. 
did I mention that the meals are also really delicious? Like I've yet to try one that I didn't like. So if that sounds good to you, I think you should give it a try too. Head to factormeals.com slash dykingout50 and use code dykingout50 to get 50% off. That's code dykingout50 at factormeals.com slash dykingout50 to get 50% off. As a podcast network, our first priority has always been audio and the stories we're able to share with you. But we also sell merch, and organizing that was made both possible and easy with Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell and grow at every stage of your business, from the launch your online shop stage all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. They have an all-in-one e-commerce platform and in-person POS system, so wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. With the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. Shopify has allowed us to share something tangible with the podcast community we've built here, selling our beanies, sweatshirts, and mugs to fans of our shows without taking up too much time from all the other work we do to bring you even more great content. And it's not just us. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Shopify is also the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash realm, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash R-E-A-L-M now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash realm. We haven't really given like a full synopsis of what the movie is about. And I feel like you're more equipped to do it than me. So so what's the elevator pitch for this movie, Crush? So Crush it follows uh, Paige, who's a junior in high school. Um, she's applying to a CalArts summer program. She's an aspiring artist who hasn't quite found her voice. And she's been pining over this crush uh, for most of her life, childhood, Um, and it's really about her stepping outside of her comfort zone, taking some risks and joining track to try to be closer to her crush, uh, to finally make a move. And then inevitably it's her falling in love and realizing, you know, what true love feels like, um, when she, and maybe this is giving too much away when she falls for an unexpected teammate. Yes. Uh, I mean, that's not giving too much away. Watching that reminded me because, you know, she she has no real interest in track until her crush is doing track. And she's like, OK, I'm going to join track. Um, when I was first coming out, I got a job somewhere um, because a crush was working there. So that was very relatable to me, even though that crush ended up not being the person I ended up dating at that job at that time. So again, felt so seen. Have you ever done anything to get closer to a crush? I think the boring but real answer is befriend girls who I had big crushes on. Okay. Okay. 
uh, yeah, really just like the friendship angle. Yeah. Playing the long game, playing the long game. Yep. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, never, I did not join. Yeah. I think no, no joining of teams or anything like that. Um, yeah, just the, the long friend game. Never like tried to figure out their schedule and rearrange your day for a perchance meetup or drive around their neighborhood in case they might be outside. Is that creepy? Did that once. Um, again, high school. Not at all creepy. Okay. All so normal. I mean, come on. This is just if no, if <laughs> if someone says this is creepy and not normal, I don't I don't buy it. Um, I I think I'm quick to like do a favor if there's yeah a, yeah to, to offer to help and you know acts of service right 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 quick to like offer yeah help um yeah send gifts and be around to, you know, um, fix a, fix a door or, uh, run an errand or do something. So I'm, I'm quick to do that. Have you ever held on to a crush for too long? Oh yeah. Like you're crushing just on the wrong person. Your friends are like, why don't bother? Oh yeah. 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 All too many times. What drove it? Tell me more. Um, why did I hold on for, to it for too long? Yeah, yeah. Like, what? what is it about someone that can... I mean, I'm a Scorpio. Okay. We're just, <laughs> for better or for worse, when we love, right. we love hard and we love yeah. long. Um, I think I, that's probably the boring, but again, like the most <laughs> accurate answer. Um, I think when I, I fall, I fall hard and it takes me, uh, it takes me a beat to... Yeah pull myself out of it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think, yeah, yeah. I think that's, <laughs> uh, I feel like all these different, uh, traumatic memories are flooding back to your brain. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> there's a few, there's a few, there's a few. When making a, a teen rom-com, you know, it's like such a, a genre of movies, uh, were there tropes that you both wanted to lean into um, because tropes when it comes to rom-coms can be very fun. Um, and then were there tropes that you're like, I'm staying away from this. I'm sick of seeing this in a movie. Yeah. I think with this one, because this sort of focuses on what comes after coming out and um, it is really about normalizing this multifaceted um, look at queer culture and queer kids in high school. I think we did want to lean into a lot of the high school tropes and in a good way to celebrate the same things that we all grew up loving, but haven't seen from this vantage point. Uh, so the party scenes, um, yeah, even the, the title of the movie, your high school crush, like we've seen it a million times, but we had to lean into that. The types of queers at school, uh, you know, another yeah. one that, that sequence, um, you know, in the spirit of like a mean girls, but again, just the version that we haven't seen. I think it was important for us to, uh, and I give a lot of credit to the writers, right? Like we are really celebrating this coming of age genre, but through a new lens. And, uh, even like the token straight friend, again, just like leaning into all those little bits and pieces. Um, yeah, I think the, you know, the only thing that we I don't even know if it's a trope. I think like consent in the movie was really important to show also. Uh, and that was something that we paid, you know, special attention to. Um, 
So as much as there are like the party scenes and the seven minute in the hotel bathroom, always couched in consent. Because that was something we want to, again, course correct. And and it's important to see that reflected. Uh, Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. I also love the cool mom trope. Uh, I mean, and yeah. How fun was working with uh, Megan? It was, I mean, it was an absolute dream come true. She's she's just a legend. She's so incredibly brilliant and quick-witted and... Yeah. I mean, she took every moment in that script and just elevated it. I had to move my monitor further away from set because I would laugh so hard. <laughs> she is just so funny and such a delight. She really also makes like her and Rowan, you know, Rowan, what an incredible talent. I mean, I just lucked out with the whole cast, but yeah. uh, Megan and, and Rowan, there's a scene where they have a heart to heart in the couch. Um you know, she really blew me away in, in the the fun comedic moments and in the the heartfelt ones. She makes everyone around her so comfortable, myself included. And um, yeah, she's such a force. Love that. You guys did a great job of making sure that uh, diversity was front and center, but also done authentically. Uh, how how was that approached? I think. You know, similar to kind of our global view of the movie. Yeah, we wanted to just be representing the way the world feels now. Um, So, yeah, as we cast the movie, we just wanted to take a look at, again, all types of kids and make sure we were, um, yeah, just finding like it was really about finding the best person for the role. Um, And yeah, and casting as authentically as possible, making sure it was, yeah, a real, real slice of life. What was the hardest part of making this movie? Um, the hardest part for, I think, was uh, the weather. We were shooting in upstate New York, and there was um, a day. Where exactly upstate? In Syracuse. In Syracuse. Okay. Yeah. Oof. It was, I mean, it was incredible. And American High has a high school that we got to shoot all of the, the high school scenes in and around. But the weather, I'm a, you know, California kid. And I, there were days where we had lightning and rain and thunderstorms and we'd have to stop down, but continue shooting. And there's a scene where Paige and AJ post a track meet. They're um, walking by the track field and Paige hops on AJ's skateboard and they have a little moment. Uh, That day, we lost a whole half day to rain and still had to shoot the scene. Um, it was raining. We had to move locations, but it worked out because post rain, we get to see this beautiful rainbow. So I think the weather was the hardest, but it all worked out. It was meant to be. How did you go about picking the artists that were used for the art? So you have two characters that make different kinds of art that's featured throughout the film. I have to give a lot of credit to our incredible production designer. So Tracy Dishman, um, worked on sourcing queer artists. It was really important, again, that we be as authentic as possible. And we wanted to find artists um, who were queer and who could hone in on the voices of King Pun and Paige, respectively. Um, And so, yeah, Good Snake, um, who did all the artwork for King Pun, and Chloe and Pink is the handle, uh, who did most of the artwork for Paige. Um, Love it. Yeah, that that came from Tracy. And... uh, she and her team just did an incredible job. And uh, yeah, it really, I have it all over my office now. It's the best. And 
you um have more of a comedic background am i right i i think so yeah i do yeah. come from like the <laughs> sketch um yeah really by accident never super intentional but yeah i, I come from the world of college humor and sketch comedy right. and that's where i i got my start yeah so i mean as a director with comedy like timing is everything um is it is it different approaching comedy as a director versus like on the creator side of it or i think comedy you know it's all about rhythm and it's funny like if i look back um i'm a drummer i was an editor before i was a director now i'm directing comedy it's really about like yeah rhythm um in a, a big way and uh and so i think that all lends itself to you know, this kind of film where a lot of it is, um, yeah, just in the timing of it all. What are some other gaps you see in terms of queer content that has yet to be created? Like, what do you want to see made? I think without getting too specific, what I'm really excited about is exploring sort of these multifaceted stories and characters journeys beyond like the coming out phase. I think like being a human being is hard and like there's so much more after coming out. Um, so I'm really excited to, yeah, see where queer representation kind of, you know, takes shape and, and evolves. Um, it's almost like I want to see queer characters who aren't even denoted as being queer. They just happen to be sort of, you know, so normalized to the point that like they just feel like full rounded out humans. Um, and yeah, just struggling with like being gay, but being a human. And going back to casting, I was thinking, you know, we, we talk about this a lot in terms of uh, casting queer actors. And I'm always on the fence about it. Like, I think it's great when it happens, but I'm, I'm also not mad when straight people uh, get cast to play queer roles if the chemistry uh, is there and if they are able to pull it off I'm not mad about that some people are where where do you stand I think that this is an answer that will change I think it's important you know to give queer talent on and off screen opportunities where it hasn't been, they haven't had it before um, right. I'm all about you know casting authentically but um, you know I think I am not not ever mad about it. And I think that, you know, we will get to a point um, where, yeah, queer people can play all kinds of roles and straight people can play all kinds of roles. Uh, but I think right. it's important to have that chapter in our history where, yeah, we are giving those opportunities to queer folks. For sure. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's always exciting to see that and to have a movie or a TV show and you're like, oh, bonus, the actor is also queer. But then sometimes you have, uh, and I don't know if you watched the um, Sex and the City reboot and just like that, but Cynthia Nixon, Sada Ramirez, two extremely talented actors, mm -hmm. in my opinion, couldn't have had less chemistry. Like I would have rather seen anybody else yep. uh, it just was just such a a mismatch and it seemed like they were just trying to be like look we're doing this good thing by having queer people play queer roles and it it kind of fell flat 
I think, yeah, it's always, you know, it's funny when we were casting this, we talked a lot about, you know, authentic casting in finding queer actors to play the queer roles. Um, and we, you know, we had a queer actor play uh, a hetero role, like, you know, Dylan in the movie is in a hetero relationship and he's played by Tyler Alvarez, who is um, out and a queer person himself. But I think it was important us to cast authentically. That said, we never wanted to sacrifice performance and chemistry. Um, right. So that you was, definitely didn't have to. So you lucked out. We, yeah, we lucked out. I mean, yeah, th- like I said, I, I yeah. say it so much, but this cast is just astounding. And uh, yeah. I just lucked out. They're incredible. But yeah, I think never sacrifice performance. Right. You got to find the right fit. Right. But, right. But it's great when it works out. <laughs> Right. Yeah. It's also tough, I think, when you're casting younger actors or for younger queer roles, because you don't know who's out yet. People are still figuring out sexuality is a journey. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. And you don't want to be. Yeah. uh, You don't want to be limiting in in any way. Um, But yeah, it's it's tricky with younger. But, you know, we're, we're doing the best we can. Right, right. Like I know Chloe Grace Moritz got, uh, you know, a lot of flack for starring in The Miseducation of Cameron Post. But since then, she's been canoodling with women. So, yeah. yeah. Well, and that's the thing, too. It's, you know, I I came out later in life. And um, yeah, I I think it's not fair to ask. That's why I think, like, again, performance is... uh, is key and always takes precedence. And if you happen to know, and it happened to work, you know, happens to work out, that's great. Um, I think there's a part of the conversation where people sometimes think, you know, being queer definitely lends itself to an authentic performance and um, yeah, expression of, you know, what these queer kids on screen are going through. But, um, but again, I think like we never know what people are feeling and uh yeah, I think part of the experience might help people realize that they might be, you know. Yeah. Who knows? I know. I think as part of the gay agenda, we need to, you know, put hot straight people in queer roles and then see if they discover something about Ex- themselves. Exactly. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> exactly. We're here for it. It's a journey. It's all a journey. Right. <laughs> um what other things are you working on right now? Um, I am celebrating the release of this movie. Um, I am getting ready to take off and direct another feature this summer that I can talk about, not now, but soon. Uh, and that, yeah, and that's it. And then raising this lovely dog that I have and I'm obsessed with. Uh, other than that, I've, I've seen pictures on Instagram. So freaking cute. He's my so best, cute. my best buddy. Uh, oh my gosh. He'll be going with me on. Yeah. He was there for the making of crush. He'll be on the set of this next movie. Ugh. It's going to be a blast. That's great. Having a cute dog like that on set. I imagine everybody is happy to see him there. Um, oh, another question. Why is Hulu so gay? Because they know what's up. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> they know what's up. Uh, Anytime there's something gay, I'm like, oh. Hulu. Yeah, of course. That makes sense. I mean, 
Happiest Season. They put out Portrait of a Lady on Fire when that went to streaming. Uh, Countless others. Yeah. Yeah, There's so much queer content on Hulu. Um, We should add an H to the acronym just for Hulu. Uh, They are doing the work. (laughs) Honestly, I'm here for it. They, yeah, I I love it. When they put uh, Portrait of a Lady on Fire, it's one of my favorite movies. I love, huge, huge Celine Sciamma fan. Huge. Yes. Tomboy was, uh, that was another movie growing up. Tomboy was huge. Uh, right. Yeah. And uh, when they put that up, I, I've watched it an embarrassing number of times. <laughs> okay. But then what was the, what was the swimming one that she did? Um, girlhood? Girlhood. There's girl, there's Tomboy, or, Girlhood, Portrait of a Lady. Girl- I'm trying to think what else was in there. Uh, no, no. Water, Water lilies. lilies. I was just going to say the water lilies (laughs) i was like the only other one water lilies yeah 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 water lilies is is one of those where i felt like a little bit uncomfortable watching because of uh the the age age. (laughs) yeah that's fair that's fair i think i just tap into my like my younger self where i'm just like i've i've been there i get this right right and i think also because i'd watched portrait uh, before I saw Water Lilies. So um, with uh, Adele in it, I'm like, well, I'm already really attracted to her, but now I'm seeing her a lot younger. And this is, oh gosh, people are going to listen to this episode and think I have a problem. I don't, I don't. Um, I don't. You don't uh, at all. You don't at all. Final question for you. What part of straight culture would you like to appropriate? All Talk of it. about a lot of gay stuff. All of it. What do we take from the straights? I mean, we got to, uh, all of it. I think as much as we can, I think, you know, tradition, uh, there's a lot of, I have some friends who are very like averse to like say weddings, right. And all these like ceremonies and traditions and a part of me is like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Fuck that. But I think more of me really wants to celebrate that, but in the queer way because we, yeah. we do everything better. It's better to be gay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So I think there's a lot of, um, I, th- I mean, I think it's really just all of it because uh, straight culture is, was the only culture that <laughs> was presented for so long. So I'm like, let's take it all and run with it. Right. That That's a fun one to think about too, like in terms of weddings, because sometimes I think like, oh, a gay wedding, like, break it all down and make it your own and it doesn't have to be anything like a straight wedding and then I just went to a gay wedding where like the families of the brides are very straight and there there were gay people there and it of course felt like a a gay wedding but then there were like certain moments that felt like straight culture but we're seeing it through a gay lens that I loved like the um one of the brides dads like hours into the reception took off his jacket and he had made like this custom dress shirt with like these glitter I don't know if it was like ironed on or whatever um but it was like misses and misses and like had these like clip art things on and then on one arm it said like one down and the other one two to go because he has two other daughters oh and my it god just seemed like That's like amazing. such a straight culture thing to be like one daughter married off two to go like that is i mean but it yeah. made me so happy <laughs> that, that would make me so happy yeah that is the kind of stuff i think i want to see more of that's what it's yeah. about yeah 
it's just normalizing it because I think, you know, right. and to, to bring it back to the movie too, it's just normalizing, right? Like, yeah, I'm queer, but I'm also one of three kids that's getting married off. Like it doesn't even have to be specifically the queer one. Have you talked to, I said that was one last question, but have you talked to straight people who have watched that movie? Like what is the experience for a straight person watching something like Crush? Um, because like you said, like we've watched straight stuff our whole lives and never thought twice about it. Um, but I feel like straight people can watch this and relate to it, that they're not going to turn it on and be like, this isn't for me. Right. It's like all relatable experiences. They just happen to be gay. Right. Yeah. I think, you know, I, what I've taken away thus far and, you know, it comes out tomorrow. So there's not a ton of, you know, more people will see it, but based on the feedback thus far from people who I, uh, are straight or identify as straight, it's interesting that, yeah, they're rooting for love and they, they're attached to the story, even though it is queer. Um, cause you know, like first and foremost, this one's for the queers. I, we want right. queer kids to feel seen and celebrated, but the goal was always that audiences laugh root for love, not just because it's queer, but because it's a feeling we all connect to. And, um, and, you know, people aren't just defined by their sexuality. It's like a piece of this larger puzzle. So it's, it's interesting. Yeah. That from, you know, someone who's straight, they are still connecting to this idea of love and vulnerability and, and stepping outside your comfort zone. Um, and that's, what's really cool, right? It's like queer kids relate in every way and, uh, and humans relate in every way. And I think that's kind of like the uniting force that hopefully we can bring out to the world. Love that. Well, you hollers stream it over and over. Make sure you tell your friends about it, your exes, because we need more movies like this made. So uh, make it a success. Sammy, where can people follow you on social media? Uh, I have, I only do Instagram. Sammy Cohen is my handle. You'll see a lot of pictures of, yeah, the movie and this dog. (laughs) (laughs) Great. Totally worth it. Uh, Great follow love dog content you can follow us at diking out on all platforms except tiktok but we're not doing much there uh you can follow me at tgi carolyn follow melody at melody kamali thank you all so much for listening this week and we will see you next tuesday In a world saturated with glossy facades comes a podcast that's breaking barriers. This is Reppin. It's where we do a deep dive into subjects like belonging, to mental health, to courage, and more. On Reppin, you'll meet the faces you think you know and discover their untold stories. It's real, it's intimate, and it gives you insight into the real person behind the images. In a world of pretense, Reppin strips it all down. No filters, no facades. Learn and be empowered and find inspiration through thought-provoking stories that resonate with your journey. Every episode is an exploration into the truths and values that make us who we are. Representation, it's not just about race or gender. It's about you. Reppin ensures that every voice is heard. Every story is valued. So be seen, be heard, and be represented. Listen to Reppin wherever you get your podcasts.